This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladensami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Serdorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, americasrt.com. Welcome to America's Roundtable. This weekend on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., we are truly honored to be joined by a courageous and principled leader, a tireless champion of freedom, and one of America's strongest proponents in strengthening the U.S.-Israel partnership, Governor Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee is the host of the TV show Huckabee on TBN each weekend. He was the 44th governor of Arkansas from 1996 until 2007 and was candidate for the Republican Party presidential nomination in both 2008 and 2016. And without any further delay, we welcome Governor Mike Huckabee to America's Roundtable. Welcome and good morning, Governor Huckabee. Good morning, Governor Huckabee. Good morning, Joel and Natasha. Great to be with you today and uh, happy new year to both of you. Happy Happy new New year Year to you, sir. Governor Huckabee, it was just a few weeks ago, in fact, just days before Christmas, that you walked on Israeli soil and spent time in the areas that were hit very hard by the Iranian-backed Hamas terrorist group and the Palestinian jihadists. The brutal attacks on October 7, 2023, horrified the world. Governor Huckabee, could you take us on your most recent journey to the Jewish state? What were your first impressions when you landed and visited these sites? How are the Israelis coping with this worst day, uh, October 7th, since the Holocaust? Well, Joel, even before I arrived in Israel on the flight over, a couple of things happened that let me know that this was uh, a unique time in the history of this uh, wonderful country. First of all, a flight attendant uh, recognized me and knew that I was going just to show solidarity with Israel and to extend a message of hope and uh, letting the people of Israel know and my Jewish friends know that the evangelical Christians of the world stand with them and would not leave them by themselves and they would not be abandoned. The flight attendant came up and hugged me. I mean, it was just you know an unusual circumstance. And then not long after that, uh, a couple came to me. They recognized me as well. Their son is a 22-year-old American citizen being held hostage in uh, Gaza by Hamas since October the 7th. This was like day 74. They had no idea whether he was alive or dead or what his condition was. And they live in New York, and they were going to try to get information about their son and to see was there anything that they could find out. They gave me uh, a medallion, a dog tag. And on it in Hebrew and English, it said, bring them home now. And they gave it in honor of their son. I put it on and I told them I'll be wearing it until they hear uh, how their son is doing until he comes home. Mm -hmm. So that was before I even arrived. And then once I got there, uh, I must tell you, and I'll just try to make this brief, but the situation that we saw, particularly in southern Israel, about 400 meters from Gaza in one of the kibbutz, Kafar Aza, It was far worse than anything that had been described to me in the media or even by friends. 
there's just no way to put it into words, but uh, the unspeakable horrors that the people of Israel experienced that day were really at the hands of savages. Uh, it was not just that they came and killed people and murdered them. They butchered them. Uh, it was the most horrific kind of killing where they attempted to humiliate the Jews, then kill them, and then mutilate their bodies, in some cases in front of their own families. And some of the methods and things, I wouldn't even speak on radio about it because it's just uh, too horrible that if a child or someone with a weak uh, frame of mind heard it, I'm afraid it would just be unsettling. Mm. But it ought to unsettle the world. And when I see people who are uh, trying to defend what Hamas did, or they rally in the streets and say, um, you know, let's stand with the Palestinians and they wave those flags, it makes me physically nauseous. And when I came home, um, I had a 45-minute meeting with uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, a, a friend of mine who I've known for decades. Um, but the whole trip was sobering to the point that even a few days after, I found myself sometimes just overcome with emotion, uh, feeling a deep sense of a combination of anger for what had been done to the Jewish people of Israel, uh, as well as a sense of just deep anguish that any human being could do this to another human being. And then to make it worse, they celebrated it. They wore cameras, GoPro cameras on their heads. They had body cams that they were wearing so that they could actually tape and record for all of posterity their evil deeds. And they celebrated it. And if someone had told us this, we would have said, no, that's an exaggeration. But when you view the actual video and see it, you realize this is not an exaggeration. These people truly took glee in the butchering of Israelis. Mm. Right. Governor Huckabee, I mean, it, it looks like we let it happen. Iran is designated as a state sponsor of terrorism, and Hamas is designated as a foreign terrorist organization by the State Department. And we all know that Iran is funding Hamas in Gaza, Hezbollah in Lebanon, and Houthis in Yemen, who have all been attacking Israel since October 7. And Iran is also funding militias in Iraq and Syria, who have been attacking our U.S. military installations. Iran does not hide its mission to eliminate Israel and push America out of the Middle East. And also, Iran has been enriching uranium, and it would be a disaster for the state sponsor of terrorism, which is bent on destroying Israel to obtain a nuclear weapon. And now, we have seen diametrically opposed policies of the U.S. administrations. Obama and Biden administrations releasing funds to Iran, releasing $1.9 and $6 billion respectively, and relaxing sanctions on oil exports. Trump administration blocked funds to Iran and imposed economic sanctions. Now, most recently, Iran-backed Houthis are disrupting the world's trade, are attacking commercial vessels passing through the Red Sea, and even targeting the U.S. Navy fleet. Uh, Governor Huckabee, what is your advice to the U.S. administration when it comes to Iran? Well, they need to recognize that behind all of these atrocities is Iran. They're the ones who fund it. And they need to admit that their policies of loosening the sanctions have given Iran the resources that has uh, empowered the Hamas and Hezbollah attacks. So if, if the Biden administration would ever own up 
to their absolutely disastrous mistakes with their Middle East policies, it would be very helpful. It's not just that they gave them the $6 billion and the $1.8. It's that relaxing the sanctions turned on the oil spigot so that Iran could collect $80 billion from foreign governments, notably China. When we were putting the squeeze on them during the Trump administration, when Mike Pompeo was Secretary of State and Donald Trump was president, the maximum pressure campaign on Iran was virtually bankrupting them. Mm. There are two ways to deal with a, a rogue country like Iran. You can bomb them or you can bankrupt them. The result is ultimately the same, but fewer lives are lost when you bankrupt them. And it's uh, it's not the result of a messy and very costly war. That's exactly what President Trump was doing, and it was working. Mm. And it was getting to the place where, because of the collapse of the economy in Iran, it was very likely that there would be an overthrow of that regime because the people were suffering. They hate what has happened to their once beautiful country. And they were about ready to finally get to the place where they could overthrow that government. But when the Biden administration came in, they took away the sanctions. They empowered the ruling uh, Ayatollah. And the net result is Iran gets re-strengthened. They continue to work toward a nuclear weapon and they bring terror to the world. I don't understand the Biden administration's worldview. It makes no sense to me. It's basically the same that the Obama administration had. It was a failure then, it's a failure now. And I just hope that the American people will realize that what Joe Biden and his administration, which is basically a retread of the Obama administration has done, is to make the world a much more dangerous place I can't prove this, but I will tell you with all my heart, I believe that if Donald Trump were president, Ukraine would never have been invaded by the Russians mm -hmm. and Hamas would never have carried out that uh, butchering savage attack on October the 7th because they knew that they didn't have uh, a weak America. They had a very strong America that wouldn't stand back and watch this happen and not go after the real source of the evil, and that's Iran. It's not Hamas that uh, they carried it out, but they were simply the puppets of the uh, Ayatollah and the regime in Iran. Right. We agree with you that the, all this would not have happened if President Trump was in power because he really practiced the peace through strength as President Ronald Reagan. Governor Huckabee, the new poll released jointly by the Anti-Defamation League and the Jewish outreach organization Hillel International, found that 73% of Jewish college students and 44% of non-Jewish students experienced or saw anti-Semitic incidents since the beginning of the 2023-2024 school year, ranging from anti-Semitic vandalism to threats of physical violence. Anti-Defamation League Director and CEO Jonathan Greenblatt said last month that there has been a 388% increase in anti-Semitism in America since Hamas' October 7th surprise attack in Israel that killed more than 1,200 people. And this past week, Harvard President Claudine Gay resigned her post. The AP reported, and I quote, In her case, the outrage came not from her academic peers, but her political foes, led by conservatives who put her career under intense scrutiny, unquote. But we all know that Harvard University President Claudine Gay resigned due to the failure as a leader by both her response to anti-Semitism on campus and mounting allegations of plagiarism.
Governor Huckabee, what are your thoughts when you see what is transpiring on college campuses and what can be done to combat the explosion of anti-Semitism in America? Well, it's absolutely shameful that these media outlets are saying that this was a result of conservative backlash. It had nothing to do with conservatism. Heck, Harvard cares nothing about what conservatives think. They don't even allow conservatives to have a platform on their campus. Uh, they typically refuse to allow them uh, the opportunity to come and speak. So that's utter nonsense. What happened to Claudine Gray was pretty simple. Uh, just like a Supreme Court justice who couldn't tell you what a woman was, Claudine Gray couldn't answer a simple question whether or not it was anti-Semitism uh, to call for the genocide of Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And that was shameful. But then it was discovered that there were over 47 cases of plagiarism in her writings. And I want people to understand plagiarism is a pretty simple thing. It's stealing other people's thoughts and words. It's the same as if I reached my hand in someone's pocket and took their money and spent it as if it were my own. Mm -hmm. What she did was reach into someone else's brain, take their words, take their thoughts, and present it as if it were her own. That's theft. And we don't hire thieves to run the most prestigious university campuses in the country. So she didn't get fired because of some conservative backlash. Uh, She got fired because she was a crook. Mm. She stole things from other people, their ideas and their thoughts. And because her moral failure of being unable to simply condemn the anti-Semitic behavior and the anti-Semitic words that were calling for the genocide of Jewish people, Who wants to spend $70,000 to send their student, their child to a school where they don't think it's immoral and and fundamentally wrong to call for the murder of Jewish people? Governor Huckabee, The Hill reported, and I quote, recent polls show former President Trump leading President Biden in key swing states that will likely decide the 2024 election, indicating Trump is not just the overwhelming favorite to secure the GOP nomination, but is in a strong position to recapture the White House less than a year before Election Day, unquote. And we all know, Governor Huckabee, that Nikki Haley's campaign announced a $24 million haul in her fourth quarter and being backed by libertarian groups, including the Koch uh, family and other special interest groups. And Vivek Ramaswamy actually came out and and had a poster that said Nikki equals corrupt. Um, We also are somewhat concerned about Nikki Haley's criticism of President Trump, which appears disingenuous since President Trump appointed her to a top position and she has benefited from corporate board positions. Governor Huckabee, in fact, you and your daughter, Governor Sarah Huckabee, endorsed President Donald Trump in his bid for a second White House term and joining a group of principal conservative leaders such as Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson. Governor Huckabee, from your perspective, what are you and other leaders seeing in President Trump and why should he be the best choice for America's conservatives, independents, and even blue-collar Democrats? If they simply would go back and ask themselves, what were their lives like when Donald Trump was president? Now, before COVID, because that kind of changed the world for everyone and everything. But we had the highest uh, wages for people in this country, especially for people of color. Minorities, Blacks and Hispanics had the best wages they've ever had in American history. They had the lowest unemployment. 
Donald Trump did serious prison reform. He's the first president since Ronald Reagan that kept us out of a shooting war. Uh, he, he kept the world on notice. They may not have respected him or liked him, but they feared him. Mm-hmm. And that, frankly, is what matters. And so there was a very peaceful time for the most part because uh, superpowers, even China, Russia, they didn't know what Donald Trump might do. They were afraid of it. So the result was you didn't have these crazy invasions going on that uh, we're seeing now. We also had the first time in 75 years, we had not only an energy surplus, we were exporting energy and not importing it. Well, that's real freedom for Americans. It's not just about the cost and making it less expensive. That empowers us as a country to not be begging foreign countries, particularly enemies, to give us enough energy so we can survive. Um, that that energy independence was a huge thing that Donald Trump brought us to. And if you just go through the record, um, the tax cuts that put real money, about $4,000 per family into middle-class families. Under Biden, we see inflation, higher prices of gasoline and groceries. You just compare the records. And, you know, I know some people say, but Donald Trump sends some mean tweets out and he says things that really can be hurtful. Well, you know, Joe Biden, let's be honest, he's not exactly the nicest guy in the world when it comes to describing people that disagree with him. But more importantly, if Joe Biden were the meanest guy in the world, but his policies were working, I'd say, okay, we didn't hire him to be polite. We hired him to be effective. And Donald Trump was an effective president who got things done. My daughter, Sarah, and I are going to be in Iowa on Monday campaigning for President Trump uh, because we just don't see anybody else, not only whose policies helped America the most, but I'll tell you another thing. I don't know of anybody, and I'll support whoever the Republican nominee is, but I don't see anybody who has the kind of fortitude to stand up against what Donald Trump has been put through and to be able to still get out of bed every morning and go and take the fight uh, to the people who need it. Yes. Governor Huckabee, this is 2024, your final message to the American people. Keep your eyes on what's going on in this world. Don't uh, let the media influence you by telling you that the border is secure because it isn't. Don't let them tell you that the economy is great because most Americans know it isn't. And what they need to do is... Uh, Forget about how many people will criticize them for supporting President Trump. If your life was better under Donald Trump than Joe Biden, help President Trump to get back in office. And let's be supportive of a man who has been put through what no human being, especially a president, should ever have been put through with the phony accusations between uh, the far left, the deep state, as well as uh, the corrupt media. Mm Thank you so much for joining us, Governor Mike Huckabee. We encourage our viewers to uh, check the Huckabee TV show on TBN each weekend. Thank you so much, Governor Huckabee. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting Corporation and Supertalk Mississippi Media. Thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joe Ladensami, your co-host, joined by economist Natasha Serdorch, co-founder of International Leaders Summit and the Jerusalem Leaders Summit. America's Roundtable guests include leading voices from business, government, media, energy, technology, healthcare, and the broad policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Spotify. Visit America's Roundtable at americasrt.com. 
AmericasRT.com. Follow us on Facebook, America's Roundtable, and Twitter at AmericasRT. We invite donors and advertisers to reach us by visiting our website, AmericasRT.com. 